Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Chitu Chatu. We're your hosts, Ashok Kondabolu and Julian Escobedo Shepherd. Today we're here with web sensation Nick Ketchtubs, globetrotting innovative DJ and producer who is not only a talented selector on the decks, but has brought the world some of the most interesting rap and electronic musics as co-proprietor of the label Fool's Gold. A New York cultural treasure and one of the sharpest people in the game, we're pleased to have him with us. Nick, welcome. Hello. Hello. Hello, Nick. I am, I am pleased to be here, and I'm, I am pleased to be a, a recognized as a web sensation. You are, you've been a web sensation. Yeah, I was the OG web sensation. You really were. Yeah. You, you com was like You were on all the, the flyers game. when I moved into this neighborhood. Yeah, man. I miss flyers. That doesn't even exist anymore. Like, nobody prints flyers up for anything. I think you might be right. I don't. I mean, that's cool for the environment, but like, fuck the environment. It's sort of sad. However, I will say, there's two flyers that I see quite a lot in this neighborhood. One is for Aqua, um, the bachata bar that's nearby, across from the flat, Um, and they always advertise like ladies' night and or um, like what uh, what like salsa or bachata group. Yeah. And the other one is for like open mics that are like wheat pasted and like. like typed out on like actual typewriters. Or like you know, it's like it's sort of like old timey people or yeah. something. Like I it's, love I love bachata shit. Like that yes. makes, that makes me think of like high school, like being at girls' quinceañeras and shit. Like the other night, uh, me and Jess Jubilee uh, and my boy Dizza, who's a DJ in Miami, we were in the ill bachata cover YouTube rabbit hole like yes. whatchamacallit somebody said something about bachata and I was like yo but did you hear the bachata cover of Don't Speak and, and send the YouTube over and it's like and just like ill no doubt bachata vibes you want to kids in so hell yeah yeah no I mean where, where I grew up in Elizabeth it was mostly kind of you know like Hispanic mm. and you know not white uh, Elizabeth's New Jersey yeah did you go to any bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs? Do they have Jewish people in, in Cheyenne? There was one temple in Cheyenne, and um, I grew up knowing, like, my mom's friend was Jewish, but there were really pretty much no Jewish people in Wyoming. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I never went to a bar mitzvah ever in my life. Like, I didn't even know just sort of, like, casual Jewish people until I went to college. Like, uh, we had super Hasidic neighbors at mm. one point, and so, like, you know... On television, I guess you sort of like there, even like Seinfeld, you weren't necessarily picking up on the codes. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's, I didn't, I that's had what no idea. <laughs> you know. That's... I saw Jackie Basin once actually with with uh, Mike Fedito, who's like a friend and producer for us. His dad got us tickets. We saw to see Jackie Mason. It was kind of parts of it were kind of racist and or boring, but it was weird because it because uh, I'd never seen him before and he's this legend. But after having seen so much Seinfeld, like like every episode like twenty times. It felt like immediately recognizable. I feel like MTV has really glamorized the quinceanera and like made it seem like all quinceaneras are like, like super rich, elaborate bar mitzvahs that aren't like that either. Yeah, and it's like you know what? Actually, most of them are pretty modest. Is there a a religious like element to that? Not really. No, no. It's just like a kind of coming of age jam. Is there a lot of crying older women? Of course, yeah. I always loved, like, <laughs> whatchamacallit, when, when Trouble and Bass used to do the parties at Don Pedro's, 
and it was just sort of like they rented the back room and did the party there. I always thought it was dope just thinking about how like, yo, we're all losing our minds right now to some weird shit that a British dude made. Yeah. And then like in a couple hours, like some girl is going to become a woman. Yeah. What? Yeah. What was Elizabeth like, really? I know that you like really love it there, right? You have it tattooed on you. I. <laughs> You love it, you mean you have like Damn, five. we're like five minutes in. Like, I know, I know. I, mean, I just you think it's awesome. Dude, I think it. I did. I mean, I, I enjoyed, you know, growing up in Elizabeth. I mean, it's like, it, it was uh, it was a cool sort of, you know, like stress-free Is kind there a path train there? No, there's not. You got to get on the train, uh, New Jersey Transit, and you take New Jersey Transit to Penn Station. Did you used to come into the city like a lot when you were like in high school? Kind of. Like, not, not a ton you know what I mean I was just more like yo let's you know go to the movies it, it wasn't like let's go see the hardcore right. show right it's weird because you know I mean? like yeah. when people grow up like uh, other people from New York I'm, I'm not really interested in talking about the show but anyone around the tri-state I just I have this amazing vision of them sneaking out at night and having these like formative experiences and I never it went doesn't... to it's, it's funny now considering what I do but like I never went to the sort of like teenage rave you know, mm. I, I I was super music obsessed, but I wasn't really able to go to shows until I was I left home and was in college. Like I I remember, you know, in the summer, like in the newspaper, t- t- fucking newspapers. <laughs> like in the newspaper, there would be like a listing of these are all the shows that are coming up at um, the Garden State Art Center, which mm. I think now is like it named some other shit, mm. but it would be like you know Nirvana. And I would just like beg my mom, like, can we go to this? Can we go to this? Can we go to this? And you know, it's like like when Bart and Lisa wanted to right. go to Crossy Lane. It's like, please, please, right. please, please. And finally, my mom said yes. She would take me to the concert. Unfortunately, that concert was Soul Asylum. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so my first, yes. Yo, my my first shit was the most adult contemporary. It was Soul Asylum <laughs> with the Jayhawks and Matthew Sweet. There weren't as many like um, all ages venues no, and stuff like that no, when it's I was crazy. in high school. And like I'll, I'll I'll play some shit now, and it's like you know it'll be like an all ages type thing. It's like yo, you are for real sixteen. Yeah. Like, like your your parents dropped you off here, and you shed your sweatpants, and now have this like rave for you know thing going on. Uh, <laughs> this yeah. is gonna be your Saturday. This nice is to actually, meet you, This is something I'm really curious about. So you travel around the world on a regular basis, and is there a place? In the United States or elsewhere that has, like, a real, real popping off, like, all-ages situation? Uh, no, I mean, not, it's it's hard because it's, like, I think that there's there's events that are successful, but it's harder to just kind of establish, you know, a quote-unquote scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's true everywhere. You know, I think that it's one of those things where it's, like, it naturally kind of goes in cycles. Yeah. And you figure if there's one person that's really enthusiastic about it and kind of thinks... You know what? I'm gonna do something that's bigger than just me and make this stuff or happen. Like a supportive it, space. It doesn't mean I don't see Yeah, no, it's but it's not even altruistic. Shit. I mean, like mm. dead ass. Like somebody could be the ill, you know, shyster, money making yeah. dude who, through their own just sort of like single minded quest to to make money from other kids, right. ends up you know ass backwards making a scene happen because they're bringing these artists to town. Right. And it's sort of like if you do if you do an all ages event like. You lose out on on alcohol sales, yeah. but you can charge mad money on every like water thirty bucks. The kids or like, eat. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would do. Um, well, here's another question. In the past, like few, let's say like five, three to five years, have you seen a like an increase in all ages people coming to your shows or increase of all ages? Just because yeah. I see that like 
just seeing how many kids are now getting into electronic music just over the blame it on like Skrillex or the internet or whatever like I don't know it's this fascinates it's, it's, it's younger across the board and it's not necessarily like young young kids mm-hmm. but it's definitely younger because you figure you know I'm 31 mm-hmm. and almost 10 years ago I was starting out DJing it's like the people who would always used to come to shit now they're like they don't go out anymore it's like you know shit we have we're gonna start families and have kids or just not deal with some bullshit and like you know, watch Lost on DVD, and you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's the, the people who you think about, like, you know, when I used to do stuff just just locally, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, doing random parties, like when Studio B was happening and stuff mm-hmm. like that, there would always be kind of like a core group of people that you would, like, see out and be like, oh, hey, you know, that's whomever. I know and exactly who you're talking about because I was there. I'm saying, exactly, <laughs> but, it's like, but it's like those people, it's not like they're like really the 30 going out. something, like, rap heads? Not that, even rap, but just, no. like, like party years. Uh-huh. You like, know. I definitely, I feel like there was a period of two years there where I probably went to almost everything that you DJed. And I don't do that anymore, sorry. Well, no, it, but I'm it's... I'm old. It's, it's fine, <laughs> it is what it is. And it's like, if your job wasn't to be a writer and just a participant in kind of, like, media and culture and shit that's going on, you probably wouldn't see the incentive to go out like that either, yeah. you know? It's like, you would totally. maybe pick, like, one or two things, and it's sort of like, yeah, it's, it's club night. Yeah, you know? right. Like, yeah, I'm canceling all my, my appointments what, tomorrow. What makes it weird, and, and this is especially true of New York, is that, you know, that part of the changeover happened of the people that used to go out and keep this shit going, not really going out anymore. But the second half of that, which is sort of like a new crew kind of coming out and being regulars and establishing their own shit, that hasn't really happened yet. Mm. You know, and it's like, uh, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, in New York, it's hard because there's not a ton of super supportive venues. Right. You know, it's like you can have a bottle service club in New York or you can have kind of like a dive bar in New York. But if you want to do something in between, which is like, hey, this is a bar with a dance type area, there's not really anything. Yeah, yeah like, it even is hard. Some, some small potato shit like, you know, what Savalas used to be. There's not like a new that. Right. You know? Yeah, that's totally And it's, it's certainly not something that's kind of music based. Like, there might be that, but it's just, like, regular, you know, Friday night kind of shit. Yeah. Going to a bar, you know, where you can... There's a big enough space where you can have a dance party. What were, like, the early aughts? Like, was that an awesome (laughs) time? Oh, man. I I think that it was interesting kind of just... Stinger. When when pre-internet became all internet. Uh, And now shit is definitely all internet. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that, that just, you know, people... People our age. You know, it's like, we had... Not internet, and then we also had internet. Right. And so we know both those things. We, yeah, but what's going to happen now is that it's crazy to me to see pictures of like babies playing with iPads. It's like, holy right. shit. Yeah. yeah. You know I, I, mean? I always like, harp on the fact that we're like the last generation that you want to hang out with your friend, you call their house, talk to, you have to say, talk to their mom. Their yeah, who remembers, like who remembers a phone number? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, I remember I'm my gonna go to the I remember my phone actually, number. Well. I could probably remember like a friend down the street's phone number by like weird, you and, know, and that would be your memory. Your phone number. For as long as that's it. Are gonna that, be like that's why I, ne- I will never change weird. my cell phone number. People are always like, "Yo, why is your shit nine oh eight? It's like, well, because that's the number that I had. Yeah. I mean, I like my number, but if I I didn't know like when I was like sixteen and got my first cell phone, that was it. Man, you make me feel so old. Like <laughs> they didn't even like when I was sixteen, people were still using the fucking like box cell phones that were the size of a. I had the Nokia, the eighty eight something. Or what was the 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 snake joint? one with the snake game yeah they all did the Nokia's yeah, yeah. oh man um, yes. when I, I was I was in Australia last week for shows and I 
again, to date myself, I bring DVDs with me to mm. watch movies when I'm bored. And I brought uh, the Backstage DVD, which is the um, documentary about the Rockefeller Rough Riders tour, which I think was, I, I think that was 99. And, uh, yo, Bleak is incredible because, like, he's so, like, wide-eyed, enthusiastic. Like, shit's about to happen for me. Yeah. I'm Memphis Bleak. Yeah. Like, he's just really psyching. Yeah. Uh, everybody's enthusiastic. Only person that's not enthusiastic, Damon Dash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's this one ill scene. Yo, he goes in on Kevin Lyles because uh, Def Jam gives everybody on the tour personalized Def Jam jackets. So it's like Def Jam logo on the back, Memphis Bleak. And so the and and the way that they cut the scene too is ill because it starts out with Memphis Bleak just kind of like, yeah, see, I mean Rockefeller didn't give me a jacket, but Def Jam gave me this jacket, and and you see Damon in the corner oh. like, steaming. oh my god, so the oh. next Amazing. the next scene. Damon Dash getting a haircut, just screaming at Kevin. I was like, you didn't do nothing for this tour. We set this up ourselves. You could have made tour jackets. Why didn't you make tour jackets? No, you had to make Jeff Jam jackets. Jeff Jam's always coming in, taking credit for stuff that we make ourselves. And Kevin Lyles is like, yo, it's not uh-huh. I just wanted to give everybody jackets. Like I was trying to do something nice. No, no, it's not nice. And it's, it's, that is it's, amazing. It's, it's the... I don't know, man. There's a lot of Dame Dash spazzes on the internet. Did you read the big but payback? Like, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's I a it. lot of like insight into that dude being a maniac. It's funny. I it's really like, like it. it's gonna be interesting when people do that for like this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you know the Greedhead Records. Story. <laughs> <laughs> like this, yeah. you know fucking. It'll be it'll be like a I don't know. It's gonna this gonna be a Greedhead <laughs> fanzine. Yeah, <laughs> the pamphlet. Um, actually, have you ever met Dame Dash? Uh, he, in in passing, like what you call, I he think was around Cuban, a lot. Well, when he kind of tried to come back recently and yeah. was doing stuff at that space um, in Tribeca, Cubic Zirconia played there, and he was there just kind of like hanging out. And so he's like, "Me, Dan Dash." He's like, "Hello." Nice. He was going to Dead by Audio. Well, right. I remember you played that weird show with Jim Jones at Death by Audio with Dame Dash's rock band. Yeah, two years ago was a long ass time. Like fuck, ten years ago, like two years. Two years ago was a long ass time. Exponential changes. Like it's crazy. We're we're in we're in May right now. Yo, six months left and it's done. (laughs) Um, I have a question related to two years ago. Um, so. You run a very awesome and thorough label called Fool's Gold, which I announced earlier. Um, I, love, I love Fool's Gold. Just, uh, if I didn't know anything about it and just glance at it, it's so like t- the aesthetic. It's very tight and neat. Yeah, I mean, we, we clean up nice. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> yeah, I wear like OCD, so if I ever like had, was planning a label or, or anything, I would I get so caught up in the, in the planning of things that I, I rarely get, get around to doing them. But I do appreciate how uh, singular it is. Does that make any sense? No, no, I feel that. I mean, that's, it's, not, it's not an accident. You know, I right. think that, um, especially because we do so much different stuff, that being able to kind of like recognize that it's a fool's gold mm. thing kind of helps tie everything right. together. Yeah. What's up? What's Ovi's name? I can't Dust the Rock. Dust yeah, the Rock is yeah. That dude's a G. Um, so you opened the fool's gold store like a year ago? Yeah, last summer. Last summer. I'm so jealous. Is there... Since I was a kid, all I ever wanted to do is have my own storefront, regardless of what I planned on doing. Like a headquarters club hangout. I was so angry when I saw the, the thing going up, the lettering and stuff. I was, I, I was walking by with You were angry? I was curious. I was walking by with Hiva and like, you know, I agree it's doing okay now, but at that time it wasn't really real yet. 
So I was just like, come on, man, you have to work harder. <laughs> you might do I it. I want to wake up at 10 a.m. and walk a couple blocks to, to another building. God, I'm sorry, there you go. No, my, my actual question, so is there anything, like, really weird about The Office that we, sh- we that you... Well, I mean, it's funny because, like, it's it's an office at the yeah. end of the day. So it's like, you've worked in office. Have, have you held the, yeah. the 9 to 5 Yeah, Law down? School was the last time. So, so, I mean, it's like, no matter how creative a pursuit your your business is, no matter how much of, of an artiste... Yeah. you are as an individual when you're in an office it's a fucking office yeah so the so the so the biggest thing with that is that the kind of like office dynamics come into play oh you're my sort god of like interpersonally and it's like you know it's your friends and 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 people who you know you respect and and you know in, enjoy working with but at the end of the day it's like your chair is here their chair is right. here they're yeah, gonna yeah, do some yeah. shit hey, did you do the thing i told the you Ill, to do nails on the chalkboard thing and you know um, that that cuts all ways i feel that i actually know for a fact i'm probably one of the most annoying people to share an office with ever because i am like uninhibited about yelling at my computer it is it is a learning experience it's it's one of those things that i think that ultimately you know it sort of forces you to kind of like talk about things that you want to talk about other than that, you know, if, if you were on the road or if you never met up with everybody, it just becomes like this disembodied email voice. Right. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, cause this is the thing. It's like, we've, we've become a real label and like a real business and a real company. So it's like, it's not just like a vanity project of like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we got a remix for this guy? Like, it's like right. actual, you know, there's, like we're there's, actually doing- there's, there's payroll and it's, and it's, it's a, it's a proper thing. Oh so it's God, like, I can't be, like I can't be tight at the fact that like, Hey, you know what? When I go to my job, it's a job, mm. you know, like it's right. just, it's something that, you know, it's like, like a, like a wiser man once said, you know, this is growing up intern to actual employee oh, yeah. hire which is dope because it's like the system works right. yeah you know that's what amazing I mean? it's like it's like you know what you've worked hard you know you've done good stuff for us you like did you beat gonna... him into uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 we had a we had we had a hazing danny yeah. just came out of the corner of the room yeah that would be funny <laughs> wait what is this person's name i'll shout about josh shout josh out to, shout out to no longer intern josh but employee josh employee josh Woo! he's just getting shit out a little bit though. no no he's good man it's like Whatchamacallit, uh, and, and this, I don't know if, if, if there's any aspiring, uh, you know, music or media or whatever people tuning into the podcast, but I think that if you are an intern now, you just have to find a way to make yourself indispensable. Yeah. Like, everybody's going to have to do just regular intern shit. It's like anyone can stuff an envelope. What you can do is stuff an envelope and be pleasant about it. You know what I mean? Like, don't be like, you know, the intern that everybody's like, you know. Or go through the so garbage and look for... Uh, the finance documents and then you can work your way to the top. <laughs> well, this is the con man's way. Finance documents. Like, the con artist. Black, blackmail fools go into releasing your man. <laughs> yes. No, no, but, but I think that, that having like a just sort of like chill attitude, like having someone be able to say in their head, this person could be a part of the team is step one. And yeah. step two is doing some shit that is like really just unique to you. It's like, you know, Josh is a photographer and a videographer and is good at it and is quick at it and you know if I'm like man you know what would be cool is if we did this shit with this font and this picture and he's like I got you like so I remember the first time I ever met you you were one of the first people I met in New York when I moved here in 2004 and I remember you were DJing and I was introduced to you and you're like 
your cat wasn't poodles? He's you're like, I'm catch dubs. And I was like, yeah, we knew each other through the vloggers. And uh, no, because we were kind of killing the vlog game because there were only, there was a there finite was like amount of vlogs. Yeah, but the fucked up part though was that we were the killing the vlog game before like you could make money off of it. I know, you know what, what I mean? It's like, it's like you had, a, you had a blog, but it's like there was no ads. And it was funny because originally when, when I went from like being a guy with a blog that did other stuff to being like, a person that worked for a magazine and did other yeah. stuff. I was always kind of like self-conscious. Like, I don't want people to be like, that's the blog DJ. That's the magazine DJ. Like, right. Let me just have a regular day job. Like, you're not going to be like, yeah, that's Guitar Center Brian killing <laughs> on the stage. You know what I mean? Uh. Like, I was like, I was always, I was like, like let, just let people have day jobs. You know what I mean? It's like uh. some dude in a band is sort of like, you know, giving it 100%. You're like, yeah, that's that Verizon dude. You know, it's right, like it doesn't right. just let... It, it might be a, a more creative day job than anything else, but it's still not, like, my thing that I do. Right. That I self-identify right. with and make, yeah. like, a burning, part of my thing. But now, though, I'm kind of like, yo, I was fucking up. Like, I should have been like, hell yeah, I'm the blog, dude. Like, give me some money and, like, get <laughs> yeah, my Yeah, exactly. Flatter, you know? flatter this it, that. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yo, it only matters the stuff that you do. Not the stuff that you want to do. Not yeah. the stuff that you have an yeah. awesome idea for. Like, it only is the things that you actually make, you know? And I'm the king of, like, post-it notes and fucking, you know, here's mm. my list of music video ideas. Yes. You know what I mean? I, like, I've had an EP in the works for four years. All of these things. <laughs> and it has to be something that you, that you have to say, like, you know what? I'm taking a day to just do this one thing. And if I'm not going to do it, I'm going to stop thinking about it. I'm going to have a great idea for mm -hmm. a business. I'm just going to tell somebody else and be like, why don't you run with this? Right. You know? And then like, and, and, and it always surprises me like when that one day, if you do a little bit, that forward, that momentum that you build oh, up, yeah. you forget yeah. that it exists yeah. every time. No, it's crazy. It's like, whatchamacallit, um, I have have been trying to sort of have more like structured studio time because mm -hmm. for the longest I had to, to, to go back to the, the whole fool's gold thing mm -hmm. is that like, you know... I can't be like, hey, A-Track, stop touring. Come help me with this email. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, clearly, the two of us were kind of at, at, a, at, a, at a closer point, you know, when we both first started this. Uh -huh. But, you know, he had to go do his thing. And it's like, for this to work, I had to kind of, you know, fall back and concentrate on that stuff. But now that the company is bigger and we have employees and we have a full-time label manager and we have sort of a support network behind that shit, this is my time to just kind of be like, you know what? I am not coming in today. I'm going to work on my record. Like, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm being able to kind of, like, say that is mm. super freeing because I think that one of the problems when, you know, you have your own thing is that you want to kind of, like, micromanage it. Mm. And not yeah. even micromanage it, but it's, but it's hard to sort of have boundaries between, like, this is where work stops and this is where my shit starts. Yeah, I think yeah, the, the, the first time I, I started doing tour stuff... Um, I was probably already working at Fader by that time. Like, I, I, I was DJing, but also had this kind of, you know, day job. And you had, like, a successful and blog before? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was, I think it was just it was one of those awesome. things where it was, it, it, was, a, it, was, it was just catchdubs.com. Oh, okay. That's how the name stuck. I was never, no one ever was like, yo, catchdubs. I just had a site <laughs> where that was the name. That was yeah. the name. I don't even know how that became the name of the site. Like, it was my screen name. On instant message. I also I also have a nickname that I don't really remember the origin. Yeah, I think Dapwell. Yeah. <laughs> when I was I think when I was in high school, um, I remember we used to because that's when you have an AOL screen name when you're in high school. Good. Somebody was just sort of like, yeah, you know, like when that teacher comes up to me and she's like, "Where's your shit?" I'll be like, "Catch these dubs." <laughs> and then that and you're like, somehow man, somehow man. that became just a thing that we'd say like, "Yeah, you'll catch these dubs." 
Jobs, and that was the screen name. Yeah. And then the screen name begat the website. So no, like the screen, name, fun the screen name begat the tripod page, which wow. begat. Yes, you were a tripod guy. Which, which, um, which, when I was DJing, was just sort of like, "Hey, I'm that guy. You, you already associate me with this one thing." Like, I always go back and forth. I'm like, in retrospect, I should have picked something catchier. Like, Diplo is a great DJ name. Mm. You know, Crookers is a right. great name. It's like, instantly when you say that, you know what it is. Mm. With my shit, it's like, you kind of do that. It's just not, I don't know. It's not really a marketable. No, I like it. I like it. It's, 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 ra- it's like, it's, it's highly Googleable. It's Googleable. It's, it's very rappy. Googleable. It's tough sounding. Yeah. All like right, it. cool. Well, I'm glad you yeah. guys approved. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so when I started touring, I think I think the first time I played out of town... Might have been uh, I, I got flown out to DJ in San Francisco, mm. and that was actually right around the time that me and A Track became friends. Mm. We we had done a show together. We did a show together in San Francisco and a show together in LA. That's how we became um, buddies. Well, no, we we met doing a party um, that Roxy was doing. Speaking of people that Roxy's you know, like a weird connector. Of yeah, people. yeah, like, no, but it's like she made a scene happen. Yeah, you she know did. What I mean, like mm-hmm. she she facilitated these kind of connections and and uh, there there needs to be someone because she, she's still doing parties but there needs to be someone like the next generation of right, people right. kind of coming up and, and yeah she stuff. actually was like really formative when I first moved here like like I went to every Roxy party also yeah, and like yeah I made her logo what it used to be was is that like sort of you know the the kind of like money stuff and industry type stuff was so focused on its own thing yeah. that it's not like it is now where like dudes that are A&Rs for major labels want like a cool guy on the right. roster yeah. you know what I mean it's I'm like it was, it was just, it, there, there was there was a, a time where stuff was just sort of like there wasn't really an interplay you know like when, when Fool's Gold started in 2007 it was considered kind of like a novel thing for someone to rap over a dance song mm. you know what I mean right, and, right. and that just you know like became the sound of radio I mean, I have to say, like, Kid Sister, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, like, dance music, blah, blah, I think I wrote something about this and credited her, but, like, no, I did. But, I like, Kid Sister was really sort of, like, you guys were super on the forefront of that, of, like, dance music and rapping and, like... Well, I mean, you did you did that uh, LMFAO thing for Billboard. And yeah. You, you hung out with those guys. Like, those guys came... Like, you, no one will, will sort of admit this, but they came out from that same world, that same pathway. Yeah. Like... The same way that Roxy was doing her parties in New York, DJ AM was and and Steve Aoki were doing their parties in LA. Those Red, guys actually Red, were straight up like DJ AM showed us. Red Food was yeah. a dude that would go to AM's party and be like, "Oh, this is cool." Yeah. Oh, th- uh, like Baltimore Club. It's like I know what drum sounds those are. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. then you know, fast forward shots. Yeah. Like, exactly. Wow. But all, I mean, all, all <laughs> of this stuff, this stuff is kind of interconnected, and it's like, yeah, like it's. I'm glad that stuff like that kind of became mainstream. I know that some people are are tight about it, but fuck it, you know? It's no, like, I think it's awesome. All of this thing, like, you need that to happen in order for, like, right now, I think that the kind of, like, grimy stuff is kind of coming up. Like, yeah. whether it's, it's Danny or Esquire or whomever, where it's like, people are sort of like, man, I really like this shit. Because you think about it, 2003... No one's gonna be like, man, Def Jucks. Def Jucks are awesome. You know, right. no one is is out there publicly claiming that. Right. Now, L can come back with his record. People are like, man, it's so good to have you back, man. Right. Yeah. You know? all these people <laughs> bubbling up like uh, Xbox Danny, both big fans or whatever. It's it's all cyclical because like now again, it's it's a sort of um, 
you know, it's it's an antidote to this kind of sort of like pop dance rap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is not to say that pop dance rap is a bad thing. It's just that the problem is, is that the stuff that's good in that world isn't always the stuff that gets out there. Gets out there, And that's true right. of everything. It's like, you know, people complaining about like Skrillex or Dubstep. It's like, yo, Skrillex is mad good at being Skrillex. You know what I mean? Like we went to go see A-Track open for him at, at Roseland. I had so much fun during the Skrillex set because it was like he was just owning him and this sense of energy and just joy and shit translates so crazily. Right, right, right. You know? The problem is is that you just have like all these kind of I don't know, just random dudes you trying can't, can't, to like, be that and they like and they this. miss the magic of it just like the fucking, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying they think it's about the sound and it's, it's not, not. It's about all of these things kind of the mm -hmm. interplay and you know I think that in in his mind he's like, Yeah, you know, today I wanna make a song that sounds like clouds. You know, in their yeah. mind, they're like, today I want to make a song that sounds like Skrillex. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. when you're the dude that's making, like, LMFAO, they're not like, man, let's make an LMFAO song today. They're like, yeah, you know what, like, I, I just want to do something that, you know, that, that girls are like, you know? Yeah. And it I mean, that was the thing. When I was interviewing them, it was like, two things really struck me. One, they were like, we actually called this Sorry for Party Rocking because our neighbors called the cops on us so many times for having, like, late night parties. I'm like... I totally believe that because yeah. you guys are fucking crazy. And then they were like, this, we got famous and got so successful because we read The Secret. And they were like all about The Secret. Yo, that's so funny, man. Um, my boy John, uh, Proper Villains, I, I mm -hmm. do studio stuff with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, and he, he read The Secret and he was trying to explain The Secret to me. And he was like, yeah, you know, you just, you, you visualize success and, and you, and he takes it so far as like, he does the whole thing, like he'll print it out on the computer and like, it's not just about picking women or whatever. It's no, like, no, it's about visualizing what you want in Yo, life for real, and then it will come back to all you. Of that, sort of like all of that Dr. Message. Phil shit is totally true because I've, again, to go back to like office type stuff, mm. you know, if, if you, if you kind of get into the zone where you think about things in the process that bother you. Or things that like, man, I wish I could do it this way or I could do it that way. Or, or why don't we do it like this that I said we should do it? You know, you'll never be happy. Because in, yeah, yeah, in, a, yeah. in a collaborative process, there's always going to be different voices and different ideas. And so if, you, if you're like, how come this wasn't my idea? And you're just thinking about that, you're, gonna, you're never going to win that race. Right. But if you're just sort of like, man, let me think about the stuff that I enjoy and try to just do that right. and just focus on that shit. And like it's, it's like, an ego reduction. And, and for me, for me, I'm yeah. sort of like, I'm naturally kind of like a positive, gregarious, you know, glass half full motherfucker. And mm -hmm. even then, you still have to kind of tell yourself like, all right, cool, I woke up today, what am I going to do that's going to be like happy and pleasant and sort of positive? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds so cheesy when you describe right. it, but it works. Right. But, like, I, I I feel like the more, like, you try to stay positive, it opens up, like, neural pathways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really Just does. like people who meditate really all the time. It's not bullshit if they do an MRI, like a functional MRI. Their brains work differently. They change the way their brain works. Like, you can't fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing about touring is that, like, no matter where you go, the promoter will pick you up listening to Dilated People's. No matter where you go. Do they tailor that? No, well, no, this is the thing. It's like, I tra when I travel, it's mostly to play kind of like dance-based things. Mm. I go to Canada, go to some shit, they pull up, yo, just evidenced out. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, that's just 
I don't know, man. If it's you're awkward a, airport if you're a hotel Canadian rap promoter or concert promoter, or whatever, you like dilated people. Right. Just, it is what it is. It's right. like the shit that, that that translates to the world at large is so different from like the stuff. If somebody was like, man, what's an artist that everybody has in their car mm. just globally? You're not going to say dilated people. When I was in Australia, man, we, somebody picked me up for the airport. We were listening to dilated peoples. You guys, when you guys go to do shows, I mean, it, it's at the point where there are like DR fans mm. that they, they come to your shit. They know what they're in for. Right. And then I would imagine like a bunch of sort of like curious right. onlookers. I, to be, I mean, to be honest, it's weird because people say stuff like, I don't, I don't really like rap music or I don't listen to rap music, but I love you guys. And I'm like, oh, please don't. <laughs> please. I have to say, so I went on two weeks of that tour. Like, mm-hmm. it was meant to be only like six days, but then in, the van. in, in desperation, Dab kept saying like, no, no, please stay. Like, yeah. I'll pay for your ticket back. Anything. Like, just, so I ended up staying for two weeks. And, um, it was through, it was so weird. And I had also just gotten back from touring with Odd Future, which is okay. like the like I was like I mean, uh, rolling on the tour bus. <laughs> I was staying in like the nice hotel. Like they were like you know these kids would like get out of their bus and there'd be like a million people there screaming like everyone's so excited. Our friend from and high then, school was tour managing because he knows how to drive a van. <laughs> yeah, we came, I came I came back for two days and then met them in New Orleans, which is yeah, great for I three so days. And then and then we're like. Oh yeah, let's drive to like Indianapolis and Louisville and like yeah, you caught that and, it was, and, it was and Danny. Like Madison, Wisconsin, which was yeah, it actually was a good fun Madison, show. Like, oh, I remember that one. A lot of beardos. Yeah, it was a lot fun. of beardos. It was Danny, Dopehead, Alec, uh, me, Hema, Vic, um, our friend Ben, who was tour managing. But he was listen. This was when they said Ben was tour managing. I'm like, you're hiring Dipset Ben to Dipset tour manage. Ben. We, sent, we, 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 we sent merch to, to Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was uh, <laughs> driving on ketamine, uh, <laughs> sniffing Adderall. Amazing. Uh, no, but it's but but I mean, with a show when you go to some place and it's mm. like, man, this is not what's this is not what we signed up for. Yeah, you still have to play Das Racist songs at the end of the day. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I can run up to some shit. And it's like. Man, it's mad re- regular in here. Like, I can go into my Zumba crate and just sort of mm-hmm. be yeah, a stand-off. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, but, can, I, can I be uh, privy to your Zumba crate? Yo, Please man, come I over need, and uh, I, I was telling Ayers, I was like, yo, we need to just bust out, like, the Zumba mix. Like, <laughs> no, but it's funny, though. It's like, there, there are places that you can actually describe as, like, yo, there were mad regular people here. Like, sometimes I'll catch myself saying that as a thing and just try and unpack that. Like, what does it mean? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I went to I went to a party. Like, normies. Some, somebody's like, like, yeah. what was that party? Like, oh, I was cool, man. They were like mad regular girls. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. It's like, it's something that I've kind of, that I catch myself thinking about more often than I think you would you're supposed to be thinking about. Yeah. Like, there's that, there's that one, there's that one 50 Cent song where he's like, your bitch a regular bitch. You make her a wifey. Like, that's the yeah. worst thing you could do. Yeah. The worst thing you can do yeah, yeah, is have right. a regular right. bitch. You know? And <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. like, man, yo, that's crazy. And it's funny, like, you know, when you're talking about, like, Elizabeth and stuff earlier, it's like, I'll go back home just to kind of, like, you know, chill with my parents, whatever. And uh, my friend George still lives there. And so, like, we'll go to we'll go to the, the Elizabeth bar. You know what I mean? And just sit there and be like, yo, 
I could probably do this. I could probably like say like, you know what? I'm gonna move back to Elizabeth and yeah. and, and and chill with a regular bitch. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's cool. You she can drive me around in her new Beetle, and you know we can go watch Hunger Games. Like it's, whatever. Like yeah. this is mad regular the, shit. The office Yo, and, and be like so content. You right. know what I mean? Like I don't I don't think like it's this giant leap in logic. You know what I mean? Like I would rather be that than sort of you know struggling forty. Plus DJ, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to, right. you know, like, oh man, the kids are are into fartcore, like shit. Like, I need, I need to step my fartcore <laughs> game up over the weekend. You know what I mean? Like, emailing people, like, yo, can you send me like the fartcore bangers? <laughs> I think the the worst uh, tour book I read was um, the drummer from Semisonic wrote a book, and. That already like, sounds very boring. Yo, <laughs> it, but I but I picked it up. Fuck it. I like I like reading books about about music shit. Yeah, sure. The only time that book was tight was when he talked about like his secret jealousy of the singer in Semi Sonic. Huh. There was something like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we went to, we went to a photo shoot and they gave Dan these really amazing white boots and like uh, they, huh. they tried to just give me this shirt and put me in the back and I was like, yo, you're the drummer, dog. Like they no give you the shirt video. and you like it. It's <laughs> yeah. exactly like the yeah. No Doubt video. With the moral of this being that No Doubt is the greatest. Yeah. Like yeah, I like no that we've addressed this at multiple points in the conversation you know no doubt on twitter we'll be like gwen posting a picture like hey we're in the studio and you go she looks so ill she looks amazing at all times i love her and it's like wait a minute you just you held the camera up to yourself to take a picture of yourself on some like hey we're here and the illest and it was it's the same thing with beyonce is fucking tumblr i know that she obviously (laughs) has okay but beyonce obviously has a professional photographer with her who is fucking photo editing. Yeah. But I'm just like, I don't even care. I swear I don't care. I do not no care. Way let, let, Beyonce, let Beyonce's Tumblr be awesome. Yes, and also like, let her, she posts totally these like, her fucking, she's like, I'm not wearing any makeup. And there are no, I, I am convinced <laughs> there are no bad photos of Beyonce. Yeah. In the same as there are no bad photos of Gwen Stefani. Like, these true. women are preternaturally beautiful, and I want and them the to live. Is true. She'll post, like, you know, Throwback Thursdays or whatever, and it's like, here's an Instagram of me and Tony in high school. We're going to see Madness. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, you are the most adorable humans yes. to fucking live in Anaheim. There's, there's, like, a handful of just, like, the joints blogs forgot. Like, pre now write everything era pre youtube everything era there would be a handful of records in that 2003 2006 yep. kind of lane yep. that were so good and so banging like i you might have even had them on actual vinyl but it's like no one plays them out anymore you know what i mean nobody's like man tonight i'm gonna drop that crazy deuce poppy song yeah right you know what yeah, I mean? yeah it's, oh and, my god I and so there's, about there's, there's this there's a handful of joints that like I, I need to just do a tape of just sort of like the, the, the joints YouTube forgot. Like, yeah. Let, just let that be a thing. Because it's crazy now thinking about how like every waking moment of a rapper is documented for posterity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we made this video. Here's the behind the scenes footage. Here's the photo shoots from the behind the scenes footage. Here's the alternate. To, you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone is there to make content. Yeah. At every moment. You know? And it's like there's there's guys that I think could be a lot more successful than they actually are. If not even that they have to play the game, but have a dude in the crew whose job it is to record shit. Yeah. Like have a dude in the crew that's like the tweeter. Mainstream actual television, like not internet shit, not mm. whatever, but actual television that someone can discover while flipping channels right. is still the illest to me because yeah. it's like 
you know, I think that with, with the DR stuff, it's like there's a lot of people that know about it because it's in the world of stuff to know about. Yeah. yeah. Whereas there's a lot of people that just like music or like weird stuff or like, you know, just things that kind of like freak them out a little bit that they could have turned that on and just bugged out. Right. You know what I mean? The same way that like you could have seen a band on Saturday Night Live or like the late night television band shit is the last bastion of like you know, reaching people who you didn't reach already. Right. Which yeah. is why it's so, it's still the only thing that major labels super control that in radio. You know, it's like, it's so hard. It's like right now my thing is like, I really want to get Danny on TV. Like I was like, yo man, Danny. He's never done one of LA night. He did Carson Daly of all people. Carson right. Daly did this, this super nice. Oh, hanging out with like, thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and they, they shot him right before he was going to play the fool's gold party um, that Fra Frankie Chan does that check your ponytail yeah, night in yeah. LA. So yeah, you guys did the week right after. Yeah. And so, so Carson did this shit with Danny. Danny's rocking the fool's gold jacket in it. Like yeah. he's super psyched. Like he, he's doing the Danny laugh and stuff, you know, <laughs> you know, like the whole, the whole thing was awesome. And I was like, yo man, that's fucked up that Carson Daly is the dude of all yeah. dudes yeah. To, to sort of like, you know, champion these artists. But that's the thing. It's like, can you imagine if you just saw Erica Badu in like the most regular, like random clothes? Like it would be yeah. weird. It'd be like, yeah, it's like you, you expect it. And it's funny because I feel, I feel like my my ultimate example of like being the same on stage as off is the Strokes. Uh, like those were yeah. the, those were the dudes that kind of changed the way bands look. White male rock bands, but bands in general. Yeah. And it's like. If you saw the Strokes going to the fucking deli, they look like the Strokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Strokes picking up laundry, they've got the sack over their shoulder, but still look like the motherfucking Strokes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I think that that is a thing where it's like with with bands or whomever, you expect them to look the same on stage. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like when you see when you see a teacher at the supermarket, you're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh my god! Don't you live at Don't you live at the school? Wearing oh that fi that Fila <laughs> warm-up jacket. What the hell? When I started seeing bands live uh, when I was in high school, I I always kind of wanted a faithful reproduction of the recorded <laughs> shit. And I still kind of have that, which is, you know, not fair and, and yeah. kind of lacking imagination. But It's, it's funny that uh, with the dance world, as, as the kind of like big dance dudes get more band-like in terms of fan base and appreciation their records yeah. are is like the like you're saying like you want to hear it the way you hear it on the record you want to hear the solo in the same place if they do a weird yeah. version you're like why is this weird but like if you go see Avicii or somebody <laughs> or Skrillex whatever it's like yeah. you want the drop of that song to be in the yeah, same way right. which is different from what DJing is supposed to be which is like kind of giving you something unexpected like you know, freaking with your expectations, mm, playing exactly. something popular, but doing it in a different way. It's like, those guys can't do it because some kid's going to be like, what, what, why is this drop different? Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're gearing up for that giant right. release that happens at this bar. Right. I was supposed and... to sniff this kid right then. <laughs> yeah. I've dropped also, it. Also, like, I've been working on my choreography. So that's, like, that's, that's, that's a thing about kids that come out. I, I think that there, there are mad people that do crazy amounts of drugs, but it's still less than I think people think when it comes to these big rave events, especially with like the younger kids. There's probably, there definitely 100% more on drugs than general population. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think less than people yeah. expect. Which is what the Dell guy went to NYU when I was at NYU. 
And oh, like, and I, he was. He got, he, got, he got arrested for smoking Yes. Trees. I used to hang you know, the skinny. The skinny. I used to I used to do all sorts of wild shit at that terrible bar, the skinny. And for this this good period of time, that that guy, the dude dude you're getting a Dell guy was there and he was just always Steven. drunk. Steven, he was always drunk and really The really funny shit surly. though was before he was the Dell dude, he was an aspiring magician. So whenever they what? would do with like the dorm events, yeah. where it was like, I'm gonna go down to the quad with my acoustic guitar. Yeah. He would go down and do magic tricks. Yeah, fuck that. Yo, Whoa. he was an aspiring magician who got put on by being the Dell dude, and now he can't do shit because he'll go to something and be like, fuck you, Dell dude. <laughs> you think so? I think I think the, yeah, the lease no. is up or the only, no, I, I'm telling you, man, people will recognize him as the Dell dude. Uh. People that suck are the people that don't pay attention to their crowd and just sort of like, here's my playlist. I'm going to play these 10 songs in this yeah. order. Yeah. It's like, here's my pre-made set. I'm not going to diverge from it's this. same as a hacky stand-up comic. The same it's, time it's, it's exactly like stand-up comedy. There are more parallels between DJing and stand-up comedy than I think any other form of entertainment. Because, a lot of drug addictions and alcohol. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that there's sort of like, you, when you're on, you're really on. Yeah. Or you can just kind of do the hits and yeah. people are psyched, but you know in your heart that it was sort of low-key yeah. whack. Or you could do some shit and just totally bomb. And it's like, well, you know what? This is, you know, this isn't comic relief. You know what I mean? This is some bar in Oklahoma. Yeah. And like, you know, fuck, why'd you have me here? This is what I do. Like, you should have had, you know, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there is a Larry the Cable Guy of DJ. Yeah. There is a Louis C.K. of DJing. There is everybody. There's the, there's ill parallels for it, and it. I I think that you know when you listen to an interview of like Louis or whomever talking about what it is that they do, it's like you're hearing someone talk about yourself. That I, I like. I like your segue. I would love to <laughs> to make pop music with the as long as everyone's expectations are aligned. Because I think that a lot of times people try to do sort of like cool pop music and and they don't go like they get frustrated because it's like man this is something that is good music and catchy and interesting but can't live in the world of actual pop music like something like robin is a perfect yeah. example right, like, right she makes beautiful songs like when you listen to it and it's like the mix of chord progression with the like her lyrics like it's simple but it's like all all good pop music kind of gets to that sort of emotional core. So you listen to a Robin song like um, "Dancing on My Own" or like "Hang with Me" or so. I, I prefer "Hang with Me." To me too. On my own. The the acoustic version. Though. You listen you listen to it and you're like, damn man, she like she's on some shit, but that will never be on Z100. Mm. Right. Like it's not. Um, it, it doesn't go full retard. Um, I'm working on on stuff with a, with a with a couple different artists. I just did a song uh, with this girl Jita, who's from Yay. Oakland, but now she lives uptown. Uh, and these dudes, World's Fair. Yeah, 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 that's my dude. Um, that's um, that's what I'm most Fans excited about right now. It's like I, I enjoy making music on my own, but I enjoy collaborating with people infinitely more. Just be even though like my style of doing it is, I think I think it takes a minute for people to get used to. It's like I'll just come in and be like rap over this beat. Yeah. And then it's almost sort of like a self remix. Like I kind of like switch it around once I have their vocals in. Um, but yeah, I love working like with, stuff with other people. It's like it's a different, it's a different kind of vibe. So it's, the shit with with Gita, I think, is actually probably going to be my first single as Nick Catchthubs, which I'm trying to cool. put out by the end of the summer. Yeah. So hopefully, by saying it in a public forum, it'll force mm -hmm. me to not like sun myself by not doing it in time. Um, <laughs> but that'd be cool because it's like, you know, Fool's Gold is about to be five years old and I haven't released any 
of my own music on it, which is kind of crazy. That's kind of cool, it. though. It is kind of cool. Yeah. It is kind of cool, but fuck that shit. Like, I'm... I am 100% in a feeling myself zone right now, and I'm mm. trying to rock with that Hashtag as long Dove. as possible. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Twitter.com slash Catchdini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Shit to chat to.